The grace and peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially if you're visiting with us today. We're just delighted that you're here with us. And on each one of the rows, there is a friendship pad. It's a black folder, and it should be somewhere near the center aisle. We'd love it if you take it and fill it out and pass it down the row so other people can do that too. You can see the connections, which inside of your bulletin lists some of the things going on in the life of the church. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, our deacons are meeting, and they're having a presentation about suicide prevention. We welcome you to come and listen with us for the first 30 or 45 minutes, and then you can leave and the deacons will do the rest of their business after that. That's tomorrow evening over in Tankersley Hall. Also on April 12th, the third Friday group invites you to join them for a potluck dinner and to hear Beth and Steve Wood. You can read about them inside the connections. They have had quite a uh, career. They were in the band Honk, which toured with a number of other groups, including the Beach Boys. So it'll be quite a musical evening. You do need to sign up out on the patio so we know how many people are coming. Uh, also, our Holy Week schedule is inside of the Connections. Palm Sunday is just two weeks from today, and then that Thursday is Monday Thursday service at 7, and then Friday, Good Friday service at 7, and Easter Sunday morning, three weeks, three weeks from today? Three weeks from today. Huh. 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock are our services, so there is no 10 o'clock service. If you come at 10, you're either late or you're early, uh, and you probably won't be able to get a parking place either. 8, 9.30, and 11 are the services on Easter. Our grief group begins the day after Easter. If you have lost someone that you love, especially in the last year, we invite you to be part of that group. It's proved to be very helpful to people who are grieving. And our youth and children are signing up for summer programs. Information is in the connections about how to have your third through fifth grader in Camp H2O where they learn to surf. Uh, vacation Bible School for younger kids and for middle school and high schoolers, camp at Forest Home. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let's pray. O oh God of the ages, we come to you. Out of another busy week, out of our worries and neediness, out of our struggles to be meaningful in our world, out of our desire to meet you and to know you as the center of our being. We come to you, ever faithful God. Amen. Amen. Will you join me in the call to worship that you'll find printed on the front of your bulletin? Let us worship God who has done great things. We rejoice in our God who made a way through the desert of this world. Let us worship God who has caused streams of mercy to flow in the wasteland. We are the people God is forming in Christ. We worship, we rejoice, we seek to follow Christ in word and action. So let us stand and praise God together. to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. 
You are. 
how we do need you. We confess that when temptation comes our way, we often default to our deep-seated patterns of behavior, whether they reflect your grace or not. We acknowledge that our fears and prejudices about others run deep. We stick with those who are like us, so hesitant to venture outside of our comfort zones. We find ourselves slow to hear those who cry for justice and true peace, yet so quick to blame those who are suffering and in need, rather than standing by them. Lord, forgive us for denying the power of your gospel to unite us with those who are not like us. Heal our minds and hearts that we might see all people as you do. Open us to new possibilities of life for all. Set us free to love as you've loved us and use us to live out the new life that you give us in Christ. And so we come to you with our silent confessions. 
Therefore, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and will give you a heart of flesh. In Christ, all God's promises are yes. Hear the good news. Through Christ, our minds and hearts are cleansed, healed, and renewed. Thanks be to God. Amen. And so let us stand and affirm our faith together, as you'll find printed inside your bulletin. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. Amen. Let us be seated. Well, before I get started, I'll invite our Molokai students and leaders to make their way up here to the front of the church. So come on in. If you are a leader or a student, come on, stand up here so everyone can see who you are. All right. Stand up here. Come on up here. Good. All the way here. Make your way all the way over here. Caden, come on over here, pal. You got it. So this Saturday, we're going to be taking 42 of us to the island of Molokai, and this will be our 20th anniversary of this trip, the 20th time that Laguna Press is making their way to Molokai. We're excited. So we've got a lot in store for us coming up this week. We have a lot of work projects we're plugging into to care for the island. We have John McCaig, the pastor at Tribuco Presbyterian Church, will be speaking to us each night, working us through the Gospel of Luke to learn what it means to follow Jesus. We're, of course, going to go to the beach. and We've got a lot, of, a lot of fun things in store. And there's rumor for the 20th, there might be a luau the last night. I know that's going around. And uh, that rumor may come true. In fact, it will come true. So we're looking forward to this trip, and I want to say thank you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, because it's this church that makes it possible. There's many of you who've made it possible that certain students can go on this trip. No student is not able to go on this trip because of finances, because of this church, and many of you. What a blessing that is to make it so these students can go, and we are looking forward to it. You'll see here in the bulletin, I listed seven prayer requests that I would love for you to lift up as we are on the island doing our work and learning about Christ and building community with each other. And I've asked our very own Pastor Gareth to pray for us as we make this next journey on Saturday. Let's pray for this great-looking group. 
Gracious God, thank you for sending us out into mission where we go beyond our comfort zones and we serve other human beings. And so we offer our special prayers for these young men and women and those who go to serve them and lead them, that you would guide them and protect them, watch out for them. May you come close to them so that they feel your powerful presence. May they discover new things about themselves and about who you are as a God who loves them. May you guide them in their engagement and their encounters and their service day by day and hour by hour. May they see light, the light of your wonder and goodness and love that you shine in Jesus Christ. O Lord, we pray that you would send them out and that you would give them a clear sense of being your servants to help other human beings that they serve and engage. And we pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all the people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you all. all. Right, thank you, everybody. We have a bake sale after this service. We hope you'll support our trip through the bake sale. Great. All right, everybody, you can go back to your seat as we continue to worship God together. Okay.
want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the book of Galatians. We've been working through, or might I say we've been wrestling through the book of Galatians over the season of Lent. I'll be reading from chapter 3, verse 26, through chapter 4, verse 7. Hear God's word to us. For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed yourselves with Christ. There's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. My point is this. Heirs, as long as they are minors, are no better than slaves, though they are the owners of all the property. But they remain under guardians and trustees until the date set by the Father. So with us, while we were minors, we were enslaved to the elemental spirits of the world, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Father God, as we were singing together, we need you. We need your grace, your love, and your peace. We need your Holy Spirit to remind us of who we are in you that we are able to call you Abba, Father. So Lord, as we look into your word this morning, help us to see ourselves in the way that you see us. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Every now and then, do you find yourself in the middle of a routine and you ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Most likely, we fell into a particular pattern because it works or it just makes sense for us. We started out with a behavior, a certain groove, and then we just stuck with it maybe weeks ago or months ago or years ago, and we stuck with that routine. Now, for the most part, routines can be helpful, can't they? They can keep our lives on track. They can provide us with some sense of order. Routines can remind us to take care of our health or our families, our finances. They can even get us to church on time. Amen? Amen. Or maybe not on time. On the other hand, routines can become binding and restrictive. Set us at time on trajectories where we are kept from noticing people around us because so we're, we're so caught up in our busyness of getting from here to there so we don't notice that there are people around us. 
or we're kept from enjoying life to its fullest or having an openness to spontaneity. Routines can do that to us as well. So certainly, there is a balance when it comes to keeping a routine. Now, if you followed me around at the gym, you might notice that I have a fitness routine. Most people at the gym know my routine by now. I walk in the door, I go straight to the treadmill. I do 30 minutes on the treadmill to the dot. I do 30 minutes on the weights and then a few minutes of stretching to finish up. Obviously, it works pretty well for me, doesn't it? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Oh yes, I'll engage in some conversation with others during those activities, but I'm still going through the activities. And I'm pretty much on course to go from one thing to another thing to get home at a certain time to make my exit. So one afternoon last week, just as I had finished up the weights, I was looking forward to getting my stretching done so I could head home. And as I was walking from the weights, I noticed a conversation going on over here. It was about maybe four or five people. And it was in between my path from point A to point B. So in my mind, I'm thinking, and maybe you do this once in a while, in my mind, I'm thinking, I need to avoid this conversation today. I've got to stretch. I got to get home, take a shower, eat dinner, and head over to church for a meeting. Can't be late to a church meeting. So I did as some of you might do. I looked straight ahead while the conversation's going on over here, and I started to walk very briskly to get to point B. And just as I got halfway there, I got this Hey, Pastor, hold up. I've got a question for you. Now, I've noticed something at my gym. When the fitness community asks me about family or sports or politics, traffic or weather, it's, hey, Steve. But when it's something of spiritual nature, something they hear going on here at Laguna Presbyterian Church, it's, hey, pastor. So right when those words came out of his mouth, I had a decision to make, didn't I? Am I going to take a break from my routine? Pause right there. Several years ago, I was reading a story about Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. A story I had read countless times before and countless times after. I think it's one of my favorite stories in the Gospel. Here's how it goes. One day, as Jesus had returned to Galilee, the crowd had been waiting for him on the shoreline. And when the crowd saw him walk up, they welcomed him and they surrounded him. So picture that in your mind. All of these people surrounding Jesus. Just then, a leader of the local synagogue interrupted the scene. He walked up to Jesus Actually, probably he ran up to Jesus. He fell on his knees and he pleaded for Jesus to come back to his house. Why, you may ask. He had a 12-year-old daughter that was deathly ill. She maybe had minutes or hours to live. So he sees the urgency of getting Jesus back to his house as soon as possible. What does Jesus do? He goes! Jesus goes. 
Now, if you've never read the story before, you see the urgency. There is a clear trajectory to get from point A to point B as fast as is humanly possible. And yet, on the way, there's an interruption. This time it's a woman. A woman who for the past 12 years has been suffering from a hemorrhage. She has been bleeding. She has been suffering nonstop for 12 years. 12 years the woman is suffering. How old was the daughter? 12 years, interesting. So she's used up all of her resources trying to get well with no avail. And I think we could agree she is desperate. She has one hope left. I bet you know how that feels before you came to Jesus. You had one hope left. And so for different reasons, she sneaks up behind Jesus just to touch the fringe of his cloak and, who touched me? Somebody touched me. For power has gone out from me, Jesus said. And he looks over at the woman and he says to her, daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Beautiful. But wait, something else was going on. He needed to get back to that house to care for the daughter. And Jesus does that with his own timing in a way that only Jesus could do. He gets back to the house. The girl has died. He raises her from the dead. He heals her and gives her back to his, her father. Jesus welcomed the interruptions. So it hit me when I read that passage years ago. How often can the grace, peace, and love of God become a reality in another person's life if we were just to pause and pay attention at some of life's interruptions? So when the words came out of my fitness friend's mouth, that passage spoke these words to me. It was in the back of my mind. It said, Steve, just slow down and take a break from your routine." unpause. Hey, pastor, I've got a question for you. In fact, we've got a question for you. There's five of them. What is it? We've been talking about all the conflict and hatred going on in our society today. I experienced it on my way here to the gym on the freeway, someone yelling at me. We see it in the news every single day, and even in the way we treat each other in our own hometown. Have you read the local papers lately? What's the answer? What works for you? Now the five are listening. And even those who are acting like they're not listening around me, they are listening. They got their cell phone, they're acting like they're texting, you know, people there, but they're, they're listening. So I took a breath. And I thought for a while, and I prayed to the Holy Spirit to give me something to say. And this is what I said. Here's the way I see it. It appears that our culture has been moving further away from God. Would you agree? And they agreed. 
further away from seeing and believing that each one of us, no matter our skin color, gender, status, politics, country of origin, that we have moved further away from seeing that each one of us has been created in the image of God. Now they're listening. When we believe that we have been created in the image of God, we see that we have equal value. We learn to respect and care for one another. And so to answer your question, I think if we could see ourselves and see others in the way that God sees us, it could change everything. Now there's a long pause. And the one who originally asked the question said, whoa, 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 whoa. wait right there, Steve. I'm an atheist. And you've given me way too much to think about. And I said with a smile on my face, well, it was you that asked me. And then one of the five said, well, he got you there, bro. And then he said, it's all good. We'll follow up at another time. I could see the intrigue in their eyes when I said, if we could just see ourselves and see others in the way that God sees us, it could change everything. I think that's what Paul is getting at here in his passage to the Galatian church. Something has happened in that church that has caused a disruption in the force. They started out so well in their relationship with God, but someone or something cut into their lane and led them off in the wrong direction. So much so that whatever Paul was doing, whether he was in prison, whether he was caring for another church or dealing with his health, so much so that he saw the necessity to write them a letter, an intense letter out of love, to get them back on track. So like I said, they started out really well. They had heard the good news of Jesus Christ. They had heard that God loved the world so much, so much that He sent His Son to this earth with a mission. And in that mission, Jesus, He lived a perfect life. He lived out that law to the T, fulfilling it perfectly. And He was teaching and, and preaching and performing miracles calling men and women, boys and girls, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, rich and poor, he was calling them in his ministry to himself to love and to trust him. And they knew that Jesus had given his life on the cross to forgive them, to bring them back, to bring them into relationship a loving relationship with God, and that He had raised them from the dead to give them victory over all those things that enslaved them. We may not be able to relate much to being enslaved to the law, but every one of us, before we came to Christ, and every one of us still struggles today as Christians of trying to be or attempting something to enslave us. And Jesus, by His death and resurrection, has broken that. Paul wanted them to live and to love into that reality of being a child of God. And yet there were those who, who broke into their lane and convinced them that God's grace was no longer needed. Telling them to go back to their old way of life, go back to the law, whatever it was that enslaved you, 
And all that did was enslave them, and it robbed them of their joy. And that's not good news. And so Paul is saying in so many words, if you could only see yourself in the same way that God sees you, if you could only see one another in the way that God sees them, if you could only see one another in the potential of what God can do in their life, it would change everything. And so did you hear how he reminded them? He said, remember, Galatian church, that through faith in Christ you have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And because you've been clothed in the righteousness of Christ, when God looks at you, He looks at you through Jesus. He sees you as perfect and holy in His sight. And not only that, whatever our race, our status, or our sex, we are seen as equal in God's sight. And not only that, whatever we were enslaved to before Christ, that power has been broken because of the cross of Christ. And not only that, whatever our place in the family, whether you're firstborn or secondborn or thirdborn, we all have an equal inheritance in God. And not only that, you want one more? Here you go. Not only that, we have been adopted by God. And so now we are called children of God. And we have been given the right by faith through grace when we pray to say, Abba, Father. We are children of God. That's the way that God sees us. That's the way that God wants us to see the potential in every person around us. And that's why when we're going through those routines, and I know very well how it is to go through a routine, I love my checklist, my task list, but every now and then I just have to stop and slow down and listen to somebody or speak a word of peace to someone or do a good deed for someone and let it break my routine. Sometimes it's just listening. Tuesday, I was walking the treadmill. How long do I walk the treadmill for? 30 minutes. I'm five minutes in, and there's someone walking right next to me on the other treadmill. Not the same one as before, a different person. And both of us were looking out the window to the Circle K across the street, just staring as we were walking. And we noticed this big black van pulled up in front of that Circle K. Huge black van. And all these people were coming out of Circle K, getting into that black van. And so he turned to me and he said, do you ever wonder about the stories you see out there? And I said, I sure do. And he said, what do you think that story is? I said, I think I know what that story is. I said, I think it's a group from a drug rehabilitation center. I've seen them many times. They give them a little break from their time, take them out for a field trip. They get to go to Circle K, get some snacks, get back in the van and back to their home. Now there is a long pause. He said, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars rehab center after rehab center after rehab center to try and help my son kick his opiate addiction. Now I'm quiet. I say, where is he now? He said, we lost him last year to heroin. 
He said, do you have any idea what it's like to lose someone to a drug addiction? And I said, yes, yes, I do, last year as well. But I said, it is your time right now, so go on. And so with his story, we kept talking, he kept talking. We got to 29 minutes, 59 seconds on my treadmill. Do you think I stopped? No, I just kept on walking. And after about 10 more minutes, he said, thank you for listening to my story. I feel so much better, like a peace that came over me while I was able to talk to you. And next time, because of what you said, it's going to be your turn to talk, Steve. So maybe, just maybe, if we're willing to take a break from our routines, every now and then, we might be able to bring the grace, the peace, and the love of Christ to those around us as we see ourselves in the way that God has seen us and sees us now, and the potential in the way that we can see every person around us. We have a great future before us as a church, and that is one of the ways that the future of this church is going to become stronger and more vibrant for the glory of God, because we are willing to give, we are willing to speak peace, and we are willing to listen to bring the peace of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Gareth. So let us pray and ask for God's help. O oh Lord, we have heard your invitation to take time and to engage the people around us, to listen to your Spirit, to treat those with high esteem who are different than us, who are outside of our normal routine. So we ask that you would teach us to listen well, to make space, to have that deep sense of love for another human being. And Lord, as we look at the world around us, we realize that there's a great gap between your love and our human behavior. And so we think of those places in the world where there's not a great love for other human beings, for even children or for women, or for people who are different, and so we pray that your love might shine even in a little bit in those dark places. Teach us at the heart of our country to be people who create space for others as much as it might interrupt our normal routines as Americans. Help us to lean into your spirit that we might listen well, that we might love even greater, and that we might do justice, that we might love righteousness. O oh Lord, in this congregation, show us a bright future where we 
are even more human, even more caring, even more loving, even more gracious, even more willing to receive the outsider. That we might show people your love in Jesus Christ. For it is through Christ who laid down his life for us that you invite us to lay down our lives for one another and for others around us. Even our time. And so we pray through Christ's name. Amen. So you have a copy of the Connections brochure in front of you, and on the back you will see that there's an update on our budget. Now, if I was a Pentecostal pastor, I would say, God has called one of you to make up the gap in the budget today. <laughs> well, I'm not really a Pentecostal pastor. We Presbyterians kind of leave that up to the sovereignty of God. But there's still a part of me that says, but God works in mysterious ways, and I know that gap's going to be made up. Because you love God and you love this church. Let us give what God has given to us that we might continue to support the message that we've heard today of the gracious, loving presence of God. Let us give together as our ushers come forward.
We are so grateful, gracious God, that you have called us to be your children. And you've invited us to invite others. We give great thanks for everything you have poured into us in Christ and for the freedom to give of what you have given to us. And we thank you that you invite us into your household to be people who share in your prayers, even as we say that prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As I rise, as I rise, strength of God, go before, lift me up as I wait. Be
at the end of this service, if you would like someone to pray for you, there will be some prayer ministers right over there by the font, and they'd love to pray for you or with you. You'll notice in your bulletin we had those seven prayer requests for our Molokai service trip this Saturday. Abby and I, along with eight other adult leaders, will be taking 42 of us to the island of Molokai to do our annual trip. This will be our 20th anniversary trip as a youth group to go to Molokai. We'll be working and serving, learning about how to follow Jesus from John McCaig, pastor of Tribuco Press, each night. It's going to be a wonderful trip. So if you please would pray for us with those requests in the bulletin, that would be great. Appreciate it. And now as we leave here this morning, may we be willing to have our routines broken every now and then, to pay attention to the needs around us so that we can bring the grace, the peace, and love of Christ to those around us. God bless you this week. Amen. Thank you.